1: Hello and welcome to our Wednesday's Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack and I'm glad that you've joined us. And today we are gonna have Kamal Saleem as our guest. He was on yesterday with Richard and with Alex and I heard it was just awesome. Man, they got swamped with calls. And so he's staying over. For those of you that don't know, I'll give him a better introduction, but he was a Sunni Muslim and he practiced jihad, came here to the United States to help overthrow the United States, but encountered Jesus. Jesus changed his whole life and plans. And uh, man, he's not only born again, but he has a perspective on things that many of us don't. And this is really timely considering all of the things that are happening in Israel right now with Hamas and the war against Hamas. And so we're gonna be talking about those things. Real quickly, let me just mention that uh, we have a Women Arise conference coming up on um, November the 2nd through the 4th. And we've got Elizabeth and Carrie Pickett, and uh, Audrey Mack are gonna be speaking at that. And I tell you, it's gonna be a great time. Of course, this is for women only. I don't have any gender dysphoria whatsoever. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm I'm not confused about that. But last year I snuck in the videos and watched it and it was powerful. And I know each of these ladies and it's gonna be a great time. So you can either go and watch it live stream or we would love to have you come here to our campus on the uh, second through the fourth of November for that. And then on the 9th through the 11th of November, I'm going to uh, Georgia and I will be at the Gas South Convention Center. Uh, I believe it's in Duluth, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta and it's gonna be a great time. Also, let me tell you that tomorrow, Dwayne Sheriff is gonna be the host on our Truth and Liberty Live call-in, and he's gonna have his son, Jacob Sheriff, with him. They pastor one church that meets in, I think it's either 10 or 12 different locations, and in my estimation, Dwayne Sheriff is one of the best teachers of the word uh, that there is today, and so you will be really blessed to hear what they've got to say, and Dwayne is not only a good Bible teacher, but he's taken the truths from the Word of God and is applying it to our culture today. And so he speaks out against all of the wokeness that's happening. I guarantee you he will speak out against all of the stuff that's happening in our world today. And so it'll be really good. And again, that's from uh, 3.30 Mountain Time till 5 o'clock, and uh, you'd be blessed to be a part of that. So again, this is Kamal Saleem, and we meant, we figured, uh, what, seven or eight years ago through Pastor Mark Cowart. That's exactly right. And Kamal was a speaker at, uh, what was the name of that conference? Um, Breaking Breaking the Silence. Breaking the
2: Silence, yes, sir.
1: And I was so impressed with Kamal. And we went out to eat together. And uh, anyway, we could spend the whole hour and a half just talking about his testimony, because I mean God pursued Kamal and changed his life. And and he loves the Lord and he's passionate about the Lord. Um, you know, it, uh, we were talking before the thing and he met Yasser Arafat. You were recruited.
2: Yes, I was. Uh, recruited. I was uh, the first time I was eight years old when I met him. And the second time I was nine years old uh, when, you know, he took his scarf and he put it on my shoulders Because after the massacre that happened to us in the Golan Heights with the Israelite, so uh, he said, it's, People like Kamal will possess the land of Jerusalem for us.
1: And so he was recruited into the PLO, and you actually came over here to the United States to practice cultural jihad. Is Correct. Is that what you
2: call it? Yeah, the group that I came with called Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood, uh, uh, in, after the fall of the Ottoman Empire in 1924, they arose uh, four years later in 28. And, and their agenda is, number one, is to uh, destroy Israel and push them to the sea. And then, after they have done, is to conquer Jerusalem and establish worldwide Sharia hegemony. So basically, the whole world will be under Islamic laws.
1: Now, you're saying some things that a lot of our viewers have heard things that this isn't really true. It's like the Muslim Brotherhood is really not all of that militant and stuff. You've been a part of it. Would yes. you just speak to that? Is it. Uh, I mean, is the whole thing corrupt, or are there part of the Muslim Brotherhood that are really well-intentioned? And
2: well, look fortunate. at the SS, for example. The SS under, under Germany, under Nazi Germany, they were not the unit that w- with gun. They were the political unit. But they were in charge of everybody else in the military. Everybody feared them because they were political units. In a communist world, uh, this is the uh, political side is stronger than the military side. In Islam, it's the same thing. Many of the isms have the same theology because it is religion. So the Muslim Brotherhood are people of the suit. So they, they don't bring guns with them. They bring money with them. And they move into the state capital, the FBI, the CIA. They move into our governors. They move into the city council, and they reshape the nation from within. And that is uh, that is the jihad, and that is jihad of the suit.
1: So, what is the end goal, though, of Muslim Brotherhood?
2: It's to establish Sharia in the United States of America. If, uh, for example. to overthrow the U.S. America could not be destroyed by jihadis because American Zala- you know, the zealotcy is so powerful. If these jihadi came into our nation, and they are here in our nations, and they are not by a couple hundred, they are by the hundreds of thousands coming from the south border, and they're coming through Venezuela, Venezuelan passports, uh, they're given to them and coming as refugees to the United States of America. And a lot of them are trained militant, but uh, but the, the thing is uh, these people are waiting for a different hour. Our job was is to shift the nation from within. and. Because the, the, the people of the gun will scare the American people and they will have to fight, and they will lose. But as far as the people, or the political uh, people that the, the suit, all we wanted to do at that time is introduce Sharia to become part of the American Constitution. But you don't understand that Sharia is the Islamic Constitution, and so therefore it has to be grafted. And once it's grafted, the American Constitution will become hate crime And anything you will say or you do against radical Muslims, you are to be jailed and fined, just like what's happened in Canada, just like what happened throughout Europe.
1: So you came over here to practice cultural jihad.
2: What was your mission? What were you to accomplish? My mission was specifically was poor neighborhood colleges and city council, you know, mayor, governors, you know, to go to these places. Uh, And also uh, we want to replace us, you know, specifically we want to infiltrate the church and the synagogue. Because if we made peace with them and we can say, you know, people here hate us. They think that we are wrong people. Allow us into your church. We have no place to preach and they give us place. Guess what, we graft into Christianity. And now our God and their God is the same. And so now Christian people will be converted from the church into Islam because we know how to do it correctly at that time. But Allah, the God of Islam and Jehovah God Almighty, they are not the same God. They are not the same God. One of them is God of heaven and earth. He's the king of the universe. And one of them is the one, the falling God that he is in Isaiah 14, 12 all the way through 17. He's a fallen God and his name is Baal.
1: I think it was Rick Warren, I probably shouldn't have said the name because I'm not certain, but I think it was Rick Warren that said that Allah and God are the same one. It's just different names for the same God. What's your response?
2: Well, you know, my people perish for the lack of knowledge, not because they don't have it, but because they refuse knowledge. So when a pastor is studying on Islam on the internet, He's gonna get the wrong information because wrong information put on social media specifically to ill the people. In Arabic, the name of God, the church, what the Christian, what they call him, they call him Allah as well. The Jewish people refer to him as Elohim. Mm-hmm. But don't look at the name of God, look at the character of the two different gods. Okay. One God says, give life, and one said, take life. Yeah. One says, Uh, You know, you don't have to die for me because I died for you. One God says, I want you to die for me. And that's the only way guarantee you can go to heaven. One God says, I'll bring you, you know, to righteousness and holiness and into the whole, the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And one says, I'll give you sex in heaven and alcohol and, and, and all this stuff that it's illegal on earth. So when you look at the characters of the two gods, they are not the same God.
1: That's a good way to put at it. And that's not the name. It's, it's the God
2: yes. that they worship. So, they aren't the Mr. Warren, if he said it or whomever is saying it, they are wrong because they are uh, hindering the Christian people because the Christian people are believing. You're supposed to be a leader, and the leaders should speak about the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help him, God. Amen.
1: So let me just ask you about, uh, you came over here as a Muslim to practice jihad, to overthrow everything we stand for and stuff, and God radically converted you. How do you look at people like uh, President Obama that said that they were a Christian, and yet in so many ways they uh, promoted, and advance the Muslim cause, how do you look at that?
2: Well, if you ask Satan today, if he's walking in the street of the United States of America and he say, are you one of us? He'll say, yeah, I'm Christian. <laughs> but you will know them by their fruit. That's right. They're, there's the, Those that they are fruitful and those that they are fruity. And and so the fruit is, is, is rotten, yeah. you know. And so therefore, it, you said, I'm Christian, but all their work, it's against this nation. The first Christmas in the White House, uh, Mr. Obi, uh, you know what he did. Him and his wife, they took the ornament of Mao of of Communist China and they put it on a Christmas tree. Hmm. His thesis in in college was on on uh, on a book. It's called Rules for Radical, by David Sol Elinsky. Yeah. and that was uh, you know given to Satan to bless it. You know he wrote. Yeah, they had know, a dedication dedication to okay. Satan. So when his thesis is about this. And he is doing all that. And he turned the White House into Little Mecca during Christmas and during Ramadan. And now he empowered them into the CIA, the FBI, and national security, even to the Secret Service. He started hiring Muslims. So the swamp was created by Mr. Obama. And when we look at all this, uh, we listen to the media, what the media is saying, but we don't search and find for ourselves, including the Word of God, the Bible. We don't know what God is saying. So, how can we discern? What is discernment?
1: And so, do you think that Obama uh, laid the foundation for so much of the radical stuff that we have? In
2: Absolutely. Our world? You know, between him and uh, Hillary Clinton. Both of them uh, laid the foundation. Hillary Clinton gave citizenship to Islamists to come to the United States of America by the thousands. She made deal with them and she was empowered. Her husband was brought in to speak and they gave him millions of dollars. and she gave them land, gave them homes, gave them citizenship, and they live in the United States of America. Now we have colonies in the United States of America. There is their Islamic state within our state. Over there, Sharia is the, the law that exceeds our Constitution.
1: Wow. So you grew up in Lebanon. So you were over there in the Middle East and stuff. And uh, I'm sure that as raised as a Muslim, you probably hated Israel and stuff. How do you see things now?
2: Well, when I was a little boy, I was about seven, eight years old. I used to write on the street of Beirut, and, and we took the, char- the charcoal. And we put it on the street to bury the people of Saturday first and the people of Sunday next. Meaning we're going to kill the Jews first and we're going to kill the Israeli, you know, the Jewish next. Uh, We understood one thing is uh, our call is to destroy Israel utterly, to push them into the sea and uh, take over Jerusalem, establish, you know, Al-Aqsa Mosque and Dome of the Rock to be the Islamic State capital. Now the what's world.
1: the justification for that? Is it just because of the Muslim religion that everybody else is an infidel and so therefore you're free to kill them? You're promoting uh, Islam at the expense of everybody else? or
2: You know, the, 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 the teaching of Islam says if you are not Muslim, then you are, you are infidel, meaning that I will have to convert you. If you don't convert, then I have the right to kill you. So you see when ISIS infiltrated Iraq and the whole region over there, they were killing Christians, they said, convert. and they said, I will not convert, they kill them. But what they do with the women, Allah, the God of the Quran, who who is God of Islam, said whatever your right hand possesses, it's legally yours, it's your inheritance. So basically, and it's only can be done by jihad. The other thing Islam says, You could not please Allah without jihad. In Christianity said without faith, but in in Islam is without jihad. And what is jihad is the cornerstone of Islam, because Islam never accelerated until they start warring against the people, and Islam start accelerating out of fear. And so when we look at all this, their possession is because they look at Mecca as the first place of the holy of holies, and Medina is the second one where Muhammad, you know, went next, you know, and he became radical. And then Omar bin Khattab, which is you know the uh, the second caliph, he went and he prayed where the dome, you know, where uh, you know the temple was, temple of yeah. Solomon. Mm-hmm. And so now he cleaned it, and now they build a mosque over there, and that was uh, that was Al Aqsa Mosque. But before that, Muhammad, he said he went to heaven and he saw hell and heaven outside in the third, you know, in the ninth cloud, ninth heaven, whatever. And uh, it, it's similar to Mormonism in many different ways. And what did he do? He sent him to Jerusalem and he landed over there. And this is to fulfill the word of God, you know, in, in the book of Isaiah 14, where he said, Satan, you have reasoned your heart, you have set your throne above the stars of God and you have set your throne on Mount of assembly. So basically he made himself like God and he now built those two mosques and he could not build the temple. But the Abrahamic Accord is changing everything and the third temple will be built there by the Ishmaelite agreement with Israel. Man, there's a lot
1: we could talk about. We're nearly through with this first segment. Let me just ask you this concerning what's happening now with Israel and declaring war on Hamas. I even read something, I think it was yesterday, that there was Palestinians who lived in the Gaza Strip encouraging Israel to invade because they hate Hamas. Yes. And so are all Palestinians... Muslims, are all of them militant or are some of them just Muslims in name only and don't practice the jihad or what's, what's the situation?
2: You're, you just described the whole thing and that's true. There you know, are Muslims that they are not radical and they don't want any of this. But what happened, Hamas, what they did is they came and they oppressed the region. Hezbollah did the same thing. Anytime you have an ism spirit, you know, like, you know, Iran or like, you know, Hezbollah or like Hamas or like, you know, Islamic Jihad. They have to oppress where they are and control the whole things because they can uh, take the monies, the finances and what so have you. And these people want freedom from uh, from these people. And I pray that Israel will finish uh, the, the, the invasion to, uh, to Gaza strips and cast Hamas out and give these people a true government that they live freedom and freedom under the state of Israel.
1: You know, this is amazing because here you are an Arab, and yet you are wishing that Israel would wipe out the terrorists, the people that are doing these things. Only God could have changed your heart from Amen. the way that you hated
2: Well, Israel. Muslim killed more Muslims. You know, the majority of Muslim that they were killed, they were not killed by the Jewish people or Christians or Crusaders. They were killed by the hand of Muslims. Because if you're not in my flavor, in my likening, then I have the right to kill you. Wow. In, in Islam, but in Christianity. Now, you came from Lebanon, so isn't that where Hezbollah is located? Yes, sir. It's, it's the south of Lebanon or north of Israel, and so, that's what we have to pay attention.
1: So what's your opinion there about Hezbollah?
2: Hezbollah is well equipped, and they are worthy uh, worthy fighters and warriors. They are equipped with radar system, with drones, with uh, ro- precision uh, rockets, you know, long range missiles from Iran. And they have uh, drones, you know, uh, to, to really infiltrate and bomb. And they also have anti, anti-tank anti and anti-craft. They have SAM-7s and they have anti-tanks so they can really fight against Israel. So I'm hoping that uh, the American over there support Israel with that invasion of that territory and move Hezbollah out of it.
1: So where is Hezbollah getting all of this equipment from?
2: Uh, well, Hezbollah and Iran have something in common, and that is Shiism. What is Shiism? The Shiism are different than Sunni, so uh, and they, they must kill each other. So Iran is su- supporting the, the, the Hezbollah, they're supporting the Houthi in Yemen, and they're supporting, you know, many different groups, you know, to bring about Islamization, to finalize, to bring about Islam, to, uh, to control the world. But they're starting in the Middle East and taking it to the nations. So Kamal, we're
1: running short of time again, but uh, would you just make a comment on uh, what you think about Israel, what they should do after this attack? How how should they respond? What would you think is right?
2: Well, we we saw Israel through the time of Balfour Treaty and we the Oslo Treaty that the Arab don't want peace, so it doesn't matter what Israel will put. Israel was willing to give them half of the state and tell them control, but they don't want it and. So Israel must bring about peace and peace by force. And what is that is to control those territory and bring about peace specifically to those Muslim that they are being enslaved and being raped by the, you know, by the radicals and being beaten up and killed. Lot, you know, you don't hear that in the media because media want to report on against Israel and not against what these people are doing.
1: And you know, you mentioned this briefly, but during the Trump administration, he actually got Israel to come to the table and say they would talk about having a two state uh, solution to this problem, yes. which is not what they wanted, but they were willing to talk about it and compromise. And yet uh, Hamas wouldn't even come to the table. They said, there is no way to compromise. We are only for the eradication of Israel.
2: Israel was willing to give the West Bank. And Gaza and Judea and Samaria was about to give it all. And give them also part of the northern sector. But Israel had one condition. If we do this, you have to say we are Mm a sovereign nation and this is our land, and no more war, and Hamas and Hezbollah and all those others, they said, no, we don't want this. So that's why you have Islamic Jihad. They
1: have, ever, they have refused to ever acknowledge the right of Israel to exist. They believe the only way to exist is to eradicate the Israel.
2: But this is written in the Word of God. You know, Book of Habakkuk 1 talked about that. Read it in the Book of Habakkuk. Read it in Psalms 83 and read it in Ezekiel 38. We are in Psalms 83 proper today because if you look at those who are fighting Israel, you see their naming convention is there mentioned by one. Read it, read Psalms 83 and then read Ezekiel 38. So, some of
1: your books, do you have this in your books? Yes, uh, actually. Tell them what you've got available.
2: This is, a, this book, it's it's a, a new menna It's a new knowledge for the church that has not been shared before. Like, let me give you a few of the keys. It tells you where the origin of Islam and radical Islamism and where did it come from? Where's that spirit came from? Is Ishmael the father of, of, of terrorism and Islam or is it somebody else like Esau? And are the Christian and Jews worship the same God? The, you know, will they present, are they in America for a purpose to change the culture in the United States of America? It talks about all those, the role of Ishmael, how he will change the destiny of Israel, and that's what President Trump did. He did Jerusalem, you know, and uh, became a capital. At capital, and then he made the Abrahamic Accord. Mm-hmm. It's happening. All these are happening, and so and how the church role will be in you know in in a Muslim, uh, you know, how God is bringing millions of Muslim to Christ, how the church will play into this, and the rules of engagement, and many other keys. Keys to reach the Muslims. If you don't know how to reach the Muslims, you really need to have this. This is a teaching for missionaries. This is teaching for you know students, and this is teaching for pastors to teach the truth about what is taking place. And this is a DVD set for session. It goes hand in hand with this uh, book to teach on the whole subject.
1: What else do you have there?
2: Oh, this is my testimony, Kamal Salim, in the red chair, and this is how I came to Christ. It's, we made it small because we know people don't like to watch TV for long. <laughs> so this is only 40, uh, uh, 43 to 45 minutes, but it tells my story where I came from and where I'm going to.
1: Okay, so we've got the on the screen down there, kumministries.com. You can go there, and you have other materials besides just Israel.
2: Oh, I have a whole lot. I have my autobiography. Have? General Jerry Boykin and I wrote a book together. It's called uh, The Coalition's. And we put secret things that he did and the things that we did and how we were going to take the United States of America. And this book specifically talked about the truth, but it is in fiction story. Because if somebody says you told this story and you swore, well, it's fiction. It's not real.
1: And so uh, you travel and ministry If somebody wanted you to come and speak, do you, are you available?
2: Yes, uh, I speak at colleges uh, just like you have allowed me and blessed me to speak at CBC. And we travel all over the world uh, wherever God called us to. And then we, uh, we teach missionary groups because None of the missionary groups know how to reach the Muslim correctly and by what mean. And then uh, also we we, uh, we teach pastor and churches. We go to those places and go to conservative events and talk about all kind of issues that cover the issues, you know, of current events. So we go on every level and all. And four you dimensions.
1: even told me before we went on the air that you spoke at some Jewish convention or. Yes. What was that? that is a miracle to have a yes. jihadist speaking at a Jewish convention. Only God could do
2: this. Yes, the global summit you know, of international uh, Jews, you know, uh, it was up in Aspen. And I also spoke at many synagogues in America. Many wow. synagogues brought me over to, to not tell my testimony how I, I have encountered Jesus Christ, but how I came to conquer the United States of America and Israel. Wow, that's amazing.
1: All right, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, but we do have some lines open. If you want to call and uh, talk to Kamal about any of these things, ask questions, there's so much more that we could talk about. And so the number is 719-619-2341. We do have some open lines right now, so if you want to call it, 719-619-2341. Real quickly, let me just say that uh, I've had people ask me last night on my broadcast about what I thought Israel's response should be. And did you know there's some people that just say, we need to just have peace. Sometimes the best way to make peace is to conquer your enemy. And in the Second World War, if we would have just said, well, let's all get along, there was no way to make peace with Hitler. There wasn't any way to make peace with these things that are just pure evil. And I tell you, Hamas, again, I'm not saying just Palestinians, but Hamas, Hezbollah it is evil what they're doing it's evil and you can't make peace with that I if I was president I would tell Israel to go after them I would say man we are going to back you you have the right to defend yourself and to wipe them out because they do not even believe in the
2: existence of Look Israel. at the prime minister Chamberlain in England mm-hmm. uh, what did he to appease Hitler yeah. he gave him uh, you know Poland you know and Czechoslovakia all that area and Hitler took it in advance you know, forward knowing that they are scared of him. Yep. So, you know, they, they could have
1: stopped him. Matter of fact, Churchill said that World War II was the most preventable war in history. If they would have stopped Hitler in the beginning, but they just kept appeasing him and appeasing him and he used it to gain strength.
2: The same thing that's happening in Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. our pre- current president have allowed it.
1: Yeah, I agree. It wouldn't have happened if Trump was president. And that's another thing that I'm sure you would agree with. But the uh, Arabs, they believe in strength and stuff. And when they see somebody appeasing and doing all these things, it's a sign of weakness. That's and right. And they will take advantage of you. So Trump, Immediately. Trump was good to deal with the Arabs because they knew that he meant what he said. And if they fought him, they, he'd take them out like Soleimani or whatever that guy's yeah, name. Yeah,
2: it's Soleimani. Soleimani, yeah, the, the head, you know, which is number one in the Iranian <laughs> terrorist yeah. movement.
1: All right, so again, 719-619-2341. We're gonna take a little 90-second break, and then we'll be back right on the other side to start taking your calls. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom,
3: and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're gonna learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you.
0: Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and
2: then changing the world.
0: That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life.
1: Praise the Lord. We're, glad, we're back and glad you're back with us. Amen. And we're going to take some calls. Uh, we do want to kind of stay on topic here because it's a real privilege to have Kamal with us. He's got a perspective on the whole Arab-Israeli conflict that we don't get to hear very often from somebody who at one time was out to uh, just completely annihilate Israel. So we need to take advantage of him. So let me go to... Ken in Texas, uh, you've been on the longest. And uh, Ken, you're on uh, Truth and Liberty with Kamal, Salim, and Andrew. Uh,
3: I need to ask you two questions, Andrew. Okay. One is about the Jews murdered Jesus. He saved them from slavery and set them free, and they disobeyed him all the time, and they limited to him... uh, what he told them to do, and they built idols and just disobeyed him. Why are they the major race?
1: Well, Ken, let me say, let me correct you. I don't mean this bad, but the way you're characterizing Jews, Jews did not kill Jesus. Sin killed Jesus. And there were Jews. For instance, the 12 apostles were all Jews, people that gave their lives. Stephen, uh, Paul, that wrote half of the New Testament, he was a Jew. It wasn't Jews that killed Jesus. It was sin that killed Jesus. And there's everybody, Jew, Gentile, everybody was a sinner. So this whole characterization of Jews as being the people who killed Jesus, they might've been the people who actually, uh, you know, were the ones that persecuted him and prosecuted him, but the Romans killed Jesus too. You and I killed Jesus and because people have characterized the Jews as the one who killed Jesus, they have used that for anti-Semitic uh, beliefs, and that is totally inaccurate. It's technically, yes, Jews killed him, but so did the Romans, so did Pilate, so did Herod, things like that. That's, that's wrong, and this is one of the reasons that Jews are so close to Christianity today is because they've been taught that this is what the Gentiles are saying, that you're the one responsible for killing Jesus. And they've seen crosses and things like this. And Hitler came across as a Christian, promoted himself as a Christian, and he wasn't a Christian at all. So I totally disagree with that, Ken, that the Jews killed Jesus. Technically, some of the people who persecuted him were Jews, but it wasn't the Jewish nation. And they are the chosen people of God. And Kamala can speak to this because God made a covenant with Abraham, not only Abraham, but he had a covenant with Ishmael too, but he did make a covenant with Abraham and he chose Abraham and Abraham's descendants are blessed. And go ahead.
2: Jesus was uh, slain before the foundation of the earth and he was supposed to be slain for your sake and my sake and everyone to be saved by God. So, But if he it was his slain before the foundation of the earth, He must return to Zion and rule and reign from Zion. So this is God's story. It is not man-made story. Men will do things uh, of, out of their you know, passion, one way or another, but God has a plan and God fulfilled his purpose in the land of the living. And Jesus had to die as a son of man to rise up and be seated at the right hand of God. So the Jewish people gave us Jesus Christ. Jesus came from the Jewish race and he's still Jew. And that's how we are grafted into the promises of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I just love hearing a guy who's an Arab and was out to kill Jews saying these things. This is only
1: God that could change your heart, Kamal. Amen. Thank That's you, awesome. Andrew. That's awesome. Let's go to Gladys. Uh, Gladys, you are an AWM and Truth and Liberty partner. Thank you for being partners with us, and you're on uh, Truth and Liberty Live. Call in with Kamal and Andrew. Yes.
3: Yeah, good evening, brother Andrew. How are you? I
1: am blessed. Thank you for calling, Gladys. <laughs>
3: Hello, Brother Kadim. how
2: are you? I'm blessed. Thank you so much.
3: I already registered for the Gospel Truth Conference. I'm so looking forward to meeting you, Brother Andrew.
1: (laughs) Oh, that'll be great. You've called in a number of times, so I'll look forward to meeting you, Gladys.
3: Yes, sir. So, Brother Kadim, I wanted to ask you, um, when a Muslim becomes a Christian, are they just religious Christians or are they spirit-filled
2: Christians? Yeah, the, the, there's uh, there's two kind of uh, conversion. Uh, there are the Muslim who converts to infiltrate, and and we need to know who is this Muslim because at the end of the day. He doesn't believe in the uh, deity of Jesus Christ. He doesn't believe that he died on a cross. He doesn't believe that he is the son of a living God. So you know them, uh, you know You know what, you know, you ask them this and you will know who they are. But the majority of the Muslim they are converting today, and there are six million Muslim on statistically converting every year. And these are converting by the spirit of the living God. Jesus is appearing to them in dreams and visions, and these are, they are coming alongside of the church to fight with the church, just like me, coming alongside uh, of my brother, Andrew. So this is a fight. is not yours anymore. It's mine and his because God is not looking for multiple brides. He's looking for a bride. He is not a Muslim. He is God.
1: I think that's really good what Kamal is saying because there's a lot of Muslims who will say that they convert to Christianity. But if you ask them what were those three questions?
2: It, that If he came in, came in the flesh. If, if Jesus came in the flesh. And and was crucified. And he, if he is son of the living God and he is seated with God, you know, and, and they will deny that. They say, no. And
1: if they're just a religious Christian in name only, they will deny that.
2: But, but you have Christians in the Middle East that they believe that Jesus Christ is not the son of God. Because they lived under Islam for so long, they believe that he is a prophet, and and they, they don't I doubt believe that, that it's true Christianity. Then. No, it's not, and and so that's why we really need to liberate the Christians and bring a lot, an awakening. You know, uh, Jesus, you know, said you know to Tithia, she was dying, and he he said she, the, you know, the truth is not dead, the truth is sleeping. He said the church is not dead, the church is sleeping. So he took her by the hand and he said. Talithia oh. Kumi, mm-hmm. and she rose up. The church today is in an awakening, and God is awakening the church, and he said Talithia Kumi,"
1: But this isn't limited to just Muslims and stuff. There's a lot of people who profess the name of Christianity who are Gentiles, and they are Christian in name only. They That's aren't right. truly born again. Even anymore. radical
2: Muslims believe in Christianity. They said we believe in Christianity, but by choice. Yeah. Because al is is to lie by omission. Al-Taqiyah is a doctrine in Islam is to lie to your enemy, to deceive your enemy. And that's permitted, That is promoted. Yes, it is. And it's it's in the Qur'an, it's by Allah, Allah. He said, you know, he talked about it's called Al-Taqwa, which is Taqiyah. And so therefore that is permitted in Islam because Islam is, uh, the Sharia itself, it is not just a constitution, it's a war, it's a military system. It's a system, a political system. Mm-hmm. Only 14% of Islam is a religion. And the rest of it is a completion of government. And the head of it is a, mili- you know, a military
1: jihad. And basically, any way that you can promote Islam is OK, whether it's lying,
2: stealing, killing, anything. Yes, as long as you promote the name of Allah, uh, you know, as long as you're promoting Islam, even if you have to lie about what Allah said, you know, and I've seen a lot of Imams. I, deb- I used to debate at the beginning. I don't debate anymore, you know, with Muslims. Because it's a law situation and it is, it's wrong, in my humble opinion, because you're making them your equal. So I don't give them that pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the, the, they believe in this and they start lying about what Allah said. And I'm going like, show me where that is in the Quran or in the Hadith. They said, well, I don't have it right now with me. I'm going well, like, okay, here's my computer, look it up. And they could not answer that. That's a shame.
1: All right. Thank you, Gladys, for your call. Let's go to uh, Mitchell from Tennessee. You're on Truth and Liberty Live with Andrew and Kamal.
3: Good afternoon, uh, Brother Andrew and Brother Kamal. I had a question, but is it okay if I change it to, to keep on topic out of respect?
1: That'll be fine.
3: Yes, sir. I want to show respect and keep it on topic. Yes, sir. Thank you. I was going to ask another question that wasn't part of the Israel, but when that Israel attack happened, um, did two questions. Did they did did they did they mess with their power grid? And my question is, because I was on a chat line the other day, and of course, you know, Andrew, I told you I'd get on chat lines, and I'm careful, but on party lines, I just – I was actually playing the – letting people hear, hear it in the chat room. What they were talking about, maybe people from the chat room can call in. But somebody was saying that the terrorist, some of the terrorists are in the U.S. Did they attack <coughs> – did they <coughs> – Attack their power grid over there, and do you think there's a chance? Are they going to? Do you think they're going to come to the U.S. and do the same thing here?
1: Well, I can't answer that. Kamal might have a better opinion. I think that it's. I think it's a weakness now, and they're going to exploit just about anything that they can.
2: Here's in, in my in my understanding, you know, nine eleven for example, it was not about you know airplane hitting buildings, it was about the you know electric grid. There were supposed to be nineteen airplanes. They were hitting, supposed to hit the, the four electric grids in the United States of America, and they hit many other places. The original things that happened, you know, over there, you know, Hamas was exhausting the Iron Dome specifically, yeah. because their rockets are, you know, puny, you know, in a way, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison to what Hezbollah has. So they were exhausting the Iron Dome. So Hezbollah, and because they have precision guiding missiles, they were supposed to hit everything from water. Uh, purification system to the electric grids to the government places air Force navy, navy you know all of it was in their plans but when when America came about and Israel you know were, were fighting you know this has changed the uh, the perspective of everything so uh, that's the original plan though
1: yeah so Mitchell to answer your question I think that they probably had more extensive plans and they were thwarted in it Yes. I did read this that they tried to do some things from the sea, and uh, Israel turned them back. They killed a bunch of those people that were trying to come in by yes, the sea. Yes, they had so Zodiac
2: boats, and they are Russian Zodiac boats. And the only way you can train about in this, we trained in Romania in the Black Sea. That's where we we trained. And so this is a Russian tactics units, you know, uh, the, the infiltration. And I'll tell you what, thank God, you know, and they have also gliders. They have air gliders. You know, they were coming from Lebanon and from Hamas, and they were infiltrating the uh, you know the radar system because they're flying low.
1: You know, we only have the benefit of knowing what happened. We don't have the benefit of knowing what really they wanted to accomplish. But I can guarantee you, God preserve them. I remember in the Six Day War, I read one of the generals of Israel saying that they would see airplanes flying in. To uh, drop bombs on Israel and they would fly into a cloud and never come out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God was supernaturally protecting Israel from their enemies, and I believe the same thing happened
2: this yeah, time. Yeah, I, I studied this at, at length, you know, what happened in the Seven Days War, and uh, Goldemeyer, you know, was in place, and Nixon came along to help her. But uh, when you have about uh, 80, 80 uh, you know, uh, tank of Israeli tank, taking about several hundred. Egyptian tank, take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that is Makes you not. Thank God, it, it? it has <laughs> to be God because these soldiers, you know, I heard them. They given their testimony. They said when we hit the bomb, we, we were so afraid we were shooting, but somehow it went and hit the tank, and it took the tank next to it. You know, and he, he said, "Wow, it's working." <laughs> So, so God is still God of Israel. Amen. And He's a God of miracle. Amen. You know, is God of Israel the true living God that the Christian and Jews worship? Absolutely. God of Israel and the God of Christians is the same God.
1: Amen. And you know, when I was drafted, I wasn't real excited about going to Vietnam, but I did it. But I told him, I said, if you ever tell me to go fight Israel, I'm going AWOL. You will not get me to fight Israel. Thank you for your service. Because man, they are blessed by God and whoever blesses them will be blessed and whoever curses them will be cursed.
2: Well, I can speak from experience, Brother Andrew. Every mission that I did against Israel, it was fatal. And somehow, you know, if it was not for the man in the white clothing that he came and saved me time after time, I should have been dead. But uh, we did two missions to Israel. One, um, I was a child in the mountains. And when I was a teenager, uh, we did it in the sea. We came in a zodiac, two boats. And our job was to hit the police stations and take you know, different uh, area and kill the people in the areas and whatsoever. So have you. But somehow, the Jewish people took us out. And it was a miracle that I've lived again. And so I can testify
1: So you mentioned that. this man in a white robe. Is this something you
2: actually saw? Yes, uh, I, I saw him. Several times uh, that I came, you know, in my life that I was supposed, you know, I'm a, one time I, was, uh, I took a Hauser 120 millimeter and I went to the building in Lebanon and we were going against the Christians because the Jewish people were helping them. If it was not for Israel, the Christian people in Lebanon will be slaughtered and Lebanon will be an Islamic state. So I put the uh, Hauser over there and I was trying to station it on a uh, uh, sandbags and it fell forward and I was falling with it and i was and i felt my spirit was about to leave my body immediately it just like left immediately and this man came out of nowhere grabbed me by the collar of my neck and says not today and so and he ran away but when i was in israel i was uh, i was 70 uh, i was 8 years old and we are mission, moving to mission through the golan height and we were taking weapon caches that's why israel took the golan height because we were doing tunnels through the mountains mm-hmm. and uh, so what happened is You know, all my friends were slaughtered. That's why I called my autobiography, The Blood of Lamb. And you can find it on our website, coonministries.com. And what happened is, uh, they hit us with everything. They were waiting for us, and the blood of the babies, those little boys, and the the sheep were mixed together that day. You could not tell who's who anymore. And um, I came to carry my best friend on my back that day, but before that happened, I was crying, Mama. And this man in white clothing came and grabbed me, and he said, not today. Wow, he me I hadn't sign. heard that. Yes, sir, and, uh, and, uh, and so this man appeared to me many times, but then he appeared to me when I had a car wreck, and I was about to put a gun in my mouth and finish my story because I came to know the Christians that their God is a living God, and our God, has He doesn't speak to us. I want more from my God. And then, when I called on my God, he didn't answer. But when I came to put the gun in my mouth, I heard the father voice. He said, My son, come all. I am the God of Father, Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. He said, Call upon me. I fell on my knees and I cried out, The God of Father, Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. And a man in white clothing showed up in the room, and he had holes in his hand, in his his feet, and his name was Jesus. That's awesome. He is the Son of the living God. I'm sure you've
1: read the verse in Hebrews 1, 14 about all of the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. So even before you get born again, God knew that someday you would accept Him, and His protection was right there to preserve your life.
2: I testified to it. You know, if Christ's name was in my life before I was born. That's I was awesome. the only one out of 14 brothers and sisters who did not have the name of Muhammad in my family. I'm the only one out of all my brothers and sisters.
1: Now, Kamal is not your original name, is
2: it? No, my Kamal is, uh, is my middle name.
1: Yeah, and so you had to kind of change your identity when you converted because you were a target. Of Muslims would have taken you out.
2: Yes, uh, I, was, uh, I was living down the street, and they sent for assassins. They came all the way from Pakistan. Uh, two of them are most wanted um, uh, list of ter- terrorism. And so I knew I was working at a big ministry down there. I don't want to call the name of that ministry. They came, and they said, we'll bomb this place. And Alex McFarland saw the whole thing. And Pastor Mark Cowart was sitting across the street seeing the whole thing happening. So I have two witnesses. And, 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 and these people said, We don't know who Kamal Saleem is. And so many times, the wisdom of God that my work, I use my other name, you know, and uh, my ministry name is Kamal mm-hmm. Saleem. But Kamal Saleem is my real name as well, as part of my name. So what happened is that day, you know, uh, I was safe. So we moved out of this area specifically to protect the church, that uh, business, you know, that uh, ministry that I was working at and everything else because I don't want anybody to be harmed because of me. And that's what we moved.
1: That's amazing. I tell you what, there is a difference between the God that we serve, whose name is love, and the Islamic God, who is just full of hate and murder. It's awesome. All right, we've still got some lines open, Seven one nine Let's go to Robert in Florida. Have you got a question or a comment for Kamal?
3: Hi, I do, uh, Kamal. Um, in the spirit of um, Shalom, we're talking about this Ezekiel 3710. It's the uh, exceedingly great army of Israel. And we haven't seen the fulfillment of Genesis fifteen eighteen, and that describes the descendants of Israel from the river of Egypt to the great river of Euphrates. Um, yes. We haven't seen the size of Israel that big yet. And I know that Israel is ready to take back Belongs to her. Um, so, Kamal, um, I'm, I'm, I just really love your testimony. It's amazing. And for some reason, the spirit rose up inside of me and, and asked me to be bold and asked me to ask you if Damascus, which is supposed to be destroyed overnight, we see that in Isaiah 1, one, nine, and fourteen.
2: It says, "Overnight, they will be no more." Have we well, seen that? Yeah, I, I have read uh, all everything that Isaiah spoke about, Ezekiel, Psalms, Daniel. Uh, I love the Word of God. And, uh, you know, God is not finished. He said He watched over His Word to perform it. You know, so God's Word will be performed. He said, not one letter of my world will fall away. Everything will come about. But what we are seeing today, this is part of the great awakening what's happening with israel and we are seeing all this uh, the whole world is watching because that's the you know bigger tv screen and many muslims will come to christ and result today we are not in ezekiel 30 38 today we're in in psalms 83 and we need to understand that these people group you know that they are fighting israel today that's what will lead israel to take more land because through every war that took place with israel israel gained more land, as brother Andrew said. So so why we have to do this is for security. So in my humble opinion, we have seen uh, Syria almost demolished, but it will not be utterly demolished until the, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Mahdi, the great Mahdi, which is who is comes in authority in the name of the uh, Antichrist uh, and declaring that Islam is the law of the land. And so when he declared this, this is when Turkey and Iran will join together with Russia and Russia Minor, all those Islamic states, and they will come with Iraq and they will pour in in Ezekiel uh, 38. So all this will happen, So, but God will contend with those that contend with Israel at that time. So all these prophecies are about to be fulfilled. We are watching prophecy being fulfilled and miracles are happening every day, but we don't see them because our eyes are not on what God is doing our guys are on CNN and other things in life. Mm. So, But miracles are happening daily. Well, a lot of people look
3: at
1: all of Ezekiel 38 and all of these things as things for way in the future. And they just don't really know very much about it. But we're just about on the verge of it's, seeing this. Psalms
2: 83 will lead into Ezekiel 38.
1: What is Ezekiel 38 for those that don't know?
2: Ezekiel 38 is when the nations march against, come against Israel and go in the Megiddo, Valley of of Megiddo, and they will go over there and this is where the great battle will take and God will fight their battle. God will rise up for, you know, but it, it, Psalms 83 is where those, the sons of Lot, the sons of Esau, and the, the son of Cush, the, the Canaanite, the Assyrian, all of them will come in, in an unholy alliances, united together, in a tumult, as the word of God says, and they said, let's scratch Israel out of the surface of the earth, and God says, not today. Mm-hmm. He's the man in white clothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Praise God. I tell you, we're getting really close to that. Yes,
2: sir. We sure are.
1: That's awesome. You know, the scripture teaches that uh, once Israel becomes a nation again, it prophesied that Israel would be sent into captivity, but that he would cause them to return. But then there's a lot of prophecies that they would never again be driven out of that land. And so I don't care how bad things look, and I don't care who comes against them. Uh, Israel is going to wind up winning. They in, are not
2: on my class rise. on geopolitical Israel and modern day Israel, it brings all prophecies you know that God said about Israel, how He scattered them specifically f- and for what reason, and why why He brought them near and put them in the Arab nations, and then why He gathered them and how they vomited them out of the Arab nations, seven hundred thousand, and how He excelled. Seven hundred thousand Palestinian out of, you know, so they come to K, they inhabit the land. God has a plan and He said, I will gather them with my right arm and I mm. will bring them in, you know, and, and I will be there to perform it. And I'm sure
1: you've probably seen this, but I've heard uh, people who teach on the end times say that they will come on the wings. Of, uh, that he will cause the Jews to return on the wings of, I forget the exact wording, but anyway, many people relate that to the US and to the Western nations that actually flew all of the Jews in there.
2: It's its in the Bible. Uh-huh. It's in the book of Revelations. Yep. This is where America is mentioned. That's the second time America is mentioned. It. And what did uh, what did the word said? He said, and he took the eagle wings and he gave them uh, gave them to a woman, her name is Israel, mm-hmm. and he took her into the wilderness to hide for a time. You know, so America today is hiding. You know, when we came to the United States of America, our purpose is we could not destroy Israel. We could not destroy Israel because of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. So our infiltration to United States as terrorists, you know, because it's an act of terror, what happened is we came to change the culture to bring America against Israel to change it, and we're working really good until 9/11. 9/11 messed everything up. That's why war in the Muslim, you know, uh, culture jihad is is against culture jihad. Culture jihad is more effective, just like communism, like LGBTQ, like you know all you know woke, you know everything that we see today. It's the same philosophy, same God, you know, a different flavor. And so, but, but you know, uh, if we take America down, then we can take Israel. But God says, I created America for a specific purpose. And, and, and it's so unique, if I may say this, mm-hmm. Brother Andrew, mm-hmm. America is mentioned in the book of Daniel. I really believe that with all my heart. In Daniel, July 4th, this is where you read what God created Israel, it's, it's Daniel 7, 4. And, and the four beasts came to present themselves before God, and the lion came, and he had the eagle wings. And what did God do? He extracted the eagle wings. America is born out of the eagle, uh, out of the uh, lion, which is symbolized England. And he gave them to the man, and the man rose up on his feet, and he became a sovereign nation, a nation. So America defeated the greatest military system in the world, and it was blamed on the churches. And so when we look at all of this we see our forefather part of bringing about the eagle power into this nation you know so therefore we see that America was birthed right there in the book of Daniel Daniel spoke about the things that took that will take place so two nations on earth Israel and America were born and birthed by the hand of God and not by the hand of man
1: Well, we're up against another break, but I got a good question for you here when we come back on the other side. We do have some open lines, 719-619-2341. And we would love to hear from you. And man, what an honor to have uh, Kamal here with us sharing things that you aren't going to hear very often. And so I'd really encourage you to call 719-619-2341. Let's go to this break, and we'll be right back after this 90-second break.
0: Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events.
3: You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, he is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience his unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer.
1: Praise God. We're back from our break. This is our last segment. If you want to call and talk to me or Kamal and ask a question, the number is 719-619-2341. We've got open lines and so we'd encourage you to call. Uh, Again, 719-619-2341. So right before the break, you were saying some things about the most effective jihad is cultural jihad. That's what you came over here to do, is to infiltrate and change people, and turn, like America, against Israel. uh, And without our support, Israel might be able to be overcome. So my question is, is 9-11, when Osama bin Laden planned that and put that forth, was this... um, There was people, I'm sure, that shared your opinion that the most effective jihad was the cultural jihad and all these other things. Was Osama bin Laden a rogue
2: element of Muslims? We, Hitler made a huge mistake and he started tackling the nations, you know, and, and that's when he lost his war. Uh-huh. The, uh, when you look at the Russian symbol, you see the sickle and the pin. You know, so political, you know, communism is stronger than military communism because they lose with military. Uh, Islam is the same perspective. You know, Osama bin Laden was a zealot. So he wanna bring name to himself and to his units, you know, uh, so therefore he did what he did without the help of others. The group that he came from, it's called Muslim Brotherhood, the same group that I belong to. Muslim Brotherhood is the mother alien ship of, you know, 99% of terrorist organization. They are birthed from Muslim Brotherhood. So when you look at what happened, Hamas did the same thing. They have orchestration to go with Hezbollah and in coordination to do the whole nine yards. Hamas went ahead and started tackling because they wanna take the name for themselves, to conquer more land and say, we, we, we have did it. And that worked against all of them. We see in the Bible time after time that the enemy turned against each other. Yeah. We are seeing it with Bin Laden. We have seen it in Bin Laden. We are seeing it now with Hamas and Hezbollah. You know, uh, because Hamas are Sunni and Hezbollah are Shia. So Hamas want to bring the greater name to who they are, flavor-wise. And so you see them; they're carrying four flags, and so they have different ideology altogether because they're financed by all those four. So and and that that's how totally we have to understand the enemy. You know, really. What is it?
1: Could you explain the difference between Sunni and Shia,
2: yeah, Sunnis, uh, the Shia are progressive, so basically they believe they can, uh, you know, that's why uh, you know Ayatollah Khomeini, meaning he is the word of Allah, so he said I am the word of Allah, so he can write more things and add to the Quran, so they're changing Islam, and in their theology, they believe that uh, you know when when Gabriel came about to, uh, you know, uh, he made a mistake. He gave the power to Muhammad, but initially he want to give it to Ali, which is Ali was a little boy. You know, he want to give him the power to bring about Islam. So the, Gabriel made a mistake. All this is in their theology. So therefore, but their faith is more radical than the Sunnis. The Sunni believe in, in, in a political Islam. Uh, the, the Shia believe in uh, you know radical Islam jihad you know so both of them are advancing in, in, uh, in a race. You know that's why we see the clash between the Taliban and Isis and all this because it's about where you come from and what you believe in. So it's ideology and God uses this for his great pleasure yeah. to turn them against yeah. each other time after time.
1: Yeah that's a good example that God isn't the one who calls like 911. That was just the ungodliness of these people. But he took their desire to get all of the credit for themselves and stuff and used it to actually unify the United States. And for a period of time, man, I guarantee you, the United States was united against all of this terrorism and stuff. So God can take any negative thing and work it together for good. Yes. I've often had people, they glorify the devil and talk about how Satan is doing all of these things and they give Satan more credit than he's worth. But a kingdom divided against itself is not going to stand. And there isn't unity among the, amongst
2: the devil. You know, Satan wanted to set the throne above the star of God on purpose to see what God is doing so he can be like him. But God called him Jack. He called him, he said, you know, you're out of here, you know, hit the road, Jack, and don't come back no more. And he was falling like a lightning. Yeah. And so we see that God, he said, he's the, high, he's the most high God, he's the king of the universe. So Satan lost his footing in, in the power and it was the glory of the living God that you know, you know, just pushed him out, out of his seat of authority.
1: Now, Kamal, I'm going to ask you, we've still got some open lines. If you want to call 719-619-2341, we'd love to take your call. But I'm going to ask you some things that I don't know for sure that you can answer, but I would be interested to hear your perspective. But what should be the attitude of free people? And you could say this as a nation, the Israelites or the Americans, but particularly Christians. What should be our attitude towards these radical Muslims that hate us and stuff like this? I know on a personal level we want to see them born again and many are being born again, but if a person is just like out to behead babies, rape women, should we turn the other cheek?
2: Well, What, what should we do? let's see what God says. You know, and we, we have to really walk where the Spirit of God is leading us. You know, Peter said, when I was young, I used to come and go as I desired. But when I became older, the Holy Spirit took me and led me by my hand, even to his crucifixion. And so, so when we look at where we are on time, on God's clock, you know, and this is appointed time, and we see that God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Men and women, old and young, they have dreams and visions and they will prophesy. So God is, is pouring out his spirit. In the book of Isaiah, he said, this is the marking when all this will happen. He said, he said arise and shine, for, uh, Isaiah 60. He said, arise and shine for my, your light has come. What light is that appointed time? appointed light for that time, and he said, and and he said, when the darkness fills the earth and the deep darkness, the heart of the people, he said, then my glory will come upon you. So th- we are the manifestation of the altar of God in the land of the living. Our Christianity is not made to really, uh, you know, uh, to do something outside the Bible. It's everything that God wants us to do. The, most radical things can happen to the terrorist is when somebody comes to him and say, Jesus loves you. And and you show them that you are not afraid, you are not scared, and you are willing to tell, to share the love of Christ with them, and not just any love, but the unconditional love of God. And so when they see this, they, it put fear in their heart, because why, the light of glory of the living God came into the darkness, and now darkness is at, you know, have to surrender or has to run away. One of those things will happen when you speak to a radical, they either run away from you or they either just say, Tell me more about you, Jesus. Well let me ask it this way.
1: I'm not sure I got my point across. Well, but let's say that somebody broke into your house. Yes. And they were out to rape your wife no, I'll take and them kill out. your what would you do? Take them out. Would you tell them say Jesus loves you? Too late for that. You crossed the <laughs> I would line. tell you him Jesus loves you, and if you take another step, I'm going to kill you. You'll send it to Jesus. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so some people struggle to understand this. They say that, hey, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. Shouldn't we just uh, continue to love them and not uh, do anything? But I don't know exactly how to express it. That's the reason yeah,
2: I was asking. I you. really understood it. You know, God sent Israel and sent Nehemiah to rebuild Jerusalem we are the you know we are rebuilding the church in america because god is separating the sheep from the sheep which which sheep are you you know mm-hmm. are you sheep. on god's don't side don't or against god so uh, and so therefore there uh, we are to watch as we are building is to arm ourselves to be ready to fight in the midst of as we are building the kingdom and advancing it uh, our job as the host of this nation as american and what is, uh, what is, what's the difference between you know, us and, um, and other people that American that want to destroy America? We love this nation and they hate this nation. So therefore, we have the right to speak from the authority that's constituted in the word of God and birth out of the word of God and to call everything as it is. And we need to use social media. So many of us are afraid to say it out there. We have, we must adopt our streets and cities, our you know city councils. In Hamtramck, in Michigan, what happened is uh, the Muslims start running for a council, a city council. So now all the seven city councils are Muslims. 90,000 Muslims move into that state. Now it's becoming a you know, state, you know, it becomes state within state. It's an Islamic state and Sharia is the law. In Minnesota, they are declaring the name of Allah on loudspeakers because mm-hmm. the city council have allowed it. These people are running for office. We are not trying to take, you know, the, the word of God says Hit from the beginning of the kingdom, when the kingdom started, you know, the, the, the kingdom suffer violence. Uh, violence, and a and violent take it by force. There's a time under heaven to, for peace, and there's time for war. This is a time when people trying to destroy and rape our nation, steal everything, is to fight for our nation. I agree. You know, but nevertheless, we have Christ on our side, and we need to tell them, Jesus loves you, and this is what he's doing for you. Receive it, or make your choice today. You know, so we have to make the call, you know, know, because so many of them are ready to surrender. I've actually had
1: Christians come to me and say, look, Jesus said turn the other cheek when they persecute you and take something from them, give them your coat. And they use that to say that we aren't supposed to resist evil. And so therefore, they would say that Israel should just sit there and continue to negotiate, let Hamas come in and do stuff. That is not my take. If I was the president of the United States, I would take Israel off of their leash. Uh, The United States has been restraining them and telling them, don't escalate it, don't make this happen. And they have put handcuffs on Israel, if I was the President of the United States, I'd have said, look, I'll back you whatever you want to do. Go after Iran, take out their nuclear capabilities, take out Hezbollah, go destroy them all. I'll go with you. (laughs) That's what I would say.
2: I I will send my airplane as Americans.
1: I I really believe in my heart that that's correct. And again, some people on these national scales, they can't see it. But if you put it down to a personal level, if somebody came into my house and was going to attack my wife I would have a responsibility to protect her. And if I just allowed them to go in and rape my wife, to do something because I said I'm just walking in love, I think that's sin.
2: What are we dealing, Brother Andrew, if you read the Bible? And when you read the Bible, the political spirit has invaded the church. And that is the uh, uh, you know, uh, Herodian spirit. So basically when uh, King Herod... That's Herod, what you know, I would call the Herodian uh, spirit. Herodian. So uh, <laughs> in sorry. case you didn't get his... Uh, Herodian spirit, yeah. forgive me. No, no I it's haven't. probably, you're, you're more correct than I am. Uh, so, so therefore, it has infiltrated church. And we see the church today as being passive. Jesus, our Christianity is not a defensive. Our Christianity is offensive. Jesus Christ came to offend the world by mm-hmm. the heaven theology because I created this and I'm going to watch over it to, to make sure it's happening. Uh-huh. Our, uh, our identity should, should be in Christ and what's, uh, I, you know, uh, what identity, the truth will set you free.
1: You know, I've had people criticize me, say I'm a cult. I've had people right here in, in Woodland Park write terrible things about me and I don't defend myself. I turn the other cheek. If it's a personal attack, and the only reason I'm responding is because I want to be right, want to be perceived as right. I've turned the other cheek. But if somebody comes out against the gospel yes. and started saying that Jesus isn't God, or my family, or my family, then I am going to stand yes. and defend that. So I think that the way you look at this is that if it's personal, and somebody is personally persecuting you, I would probably turn the other cheek. But if you want to come against me because of my beliefs or something, I'm gonna stand up. I'll fight for Amen. my beliefs.
2: Amen. Uh, there's so much trash about me on 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 the internet. So many of this is made up. None of these people really talk to me to ask me about it. When CNN, you know, more you know, Cooper, you know, said stuff mm-hmm. about me and what's it I never met the guy. I I never, he never asked me if this is true. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is projected from hate and anger and and, uh, that vile uh, poison that lurk in the darkness, you know, and that poison, it's called political spirit. And so therefore, if they paint their enemy with, you know, uh, pollute them, you know, and call them bad people, then guess what happened? Uh, they think that they're winning the war because everybody will think less of them. But m- there are many people out there ready to get be- behind godly people to say, my sword is with you today and I will fight for you for my nation. Amen. And God is calling you home. If this is you, say I. <laughs>
1: Amen. We still got some lines open, 719-619-2341. Let's go to Frank in Missouri and you're on with Kamal and Andrew.
3: Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I just wondered how difficult it would it is for a uh, for a Muslim people to to become Christian, or how uh, you know is it possible to to still believe in Muhammad and and, and in Jesus also?
2: Well, uh, you, when you come to believe in Jesus Christ, there is no other God beside Him. He is the living God. Uh, Jesus Christ is, you know, Muhammad commanded his people to die for Allah, and he was waging war every six weeks, a new war, so he can recruit recruit more people and bring more finances into his into his move. Christ. Our Lord and Savior and King came specifically to offer his life as a sacrifice. Uh, That's the difference between the two. So if when you can't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in Muhammad anymore. Why? Because Muhammad, he is not even, he is not, you know, birth out of virgin birth. He is, you know, uh, he said, I'm only slave of Allah. That's what he said to him about himself. But Muslims are difficult to cross from Islam to Christianity because they become an apostate. In Islam, Muhammad says, whoever leave Islam, you must kill him. And it's considered righteousness for you. So therefore, Allah will justify your killing that you go into into heaven. That's why you have honor killing in Islam, meaning like somebody like me who converted from Islam and doing what he's doing today, this is a mandate to take him out, dead, not alive, because, uh, and with this, they, they, they will are racing for who's gonna make it to heaven first. But I don't let them, because Jesus Christ on my side. Amen. So, is it difficult for the Muslim? Yes, but we are in a new season. Uh, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes said there's seasons under heaven, different seasons. And, and God have a season today where he is calling the Muslim to come to Christ, and how is he doing it? According to the book of Jewels, with dreams and visions. And when he's showing up, these people are converting. You, do you know today the fastest growing church in the whole world is in Iran? That is amazing. Iran, fastest growing church. You know, I've got a good friend. I
1: think you know her, Diana Hodge. And she was Muslim and she converted. She actually was given a death sentence because she sang and women weren't allowed to sing. So they sentenced her to death and then commuted it to 99 lashes and they gave her 99 lashes. But anyway, she's now born again. She loves the Lord. She had to flee. uh, I think it was Iran. And her sister is in Iran, and her sister just got born again about two or three weeks ago. She saw a vision, and the Lord came to her. But she's having to hide and keep it quiet because they would kill her if they knew what was going
2: on. We have to understand that a woman in Islam, she is not even a full citizen in Islam. A woman is a commodity. A man will own a woman. Uh, you know, look, Allah said in the Quran, He said, meaning uh, men are their own women, are in charge of woman life. A woman must be owned by her father, by her uh, brother, by her uncle, by her husband, by her son. She could not be free without men over her.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that the reason that Muslim women are so strong for for uh, promoting Muslim. When it treats them so badly, is because the only hope of salvation they have is to support that man and to be a part of this thing. They can't get salvation. That's on
2: their a great. What you just said. That's very important. This is very important. In Islam, if 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 uh, if a man doesn't go to heaven, his wife doesn't go to heaven either. You know. So therefore, it's her fault. So the women have to make sure that the house is solid. You know, and, and, and here's the irony, is that Christian conversion, you know, women, Christian women are reaching into Muslim women, uh, and that's the greatest conversion happening through women. And, and now the woman is converting her whole You
1: house. would think that women would hate Islam because they have no rights. They're treated as property. They're, tra- they're trashed. A man can go in and, and, again, this is Mohammed, a friend of mine who I think you know. He told me this, that uh, they believe in such an extreme sovereignty of God that you couldn't do anything if it wasn't God's will, Allah's will, so if you go in and rape a woman, it must have been God that wanted you to do it. That's
2: exactly right.
1: And because of it, women have no rights, no freedoms. You would think that they would rebel, but it's because their only hope of salvation is to support those men in the things they're doing.
2: Yes, I've seen so many women when they leave Islam and they come to Christianity, all of a sudden they have that freedom, they have wings Mm -hmm. for the first time in their life because they're oppressed and enslaved, you know, and they have no saying of anything because a man is, uh, according to the teaching of Islam, has the right to whip his wife or even put her in a room and lock her in like an animal and say to her, you know, this is because even if he's a liar and she called him out on his lies, he can still tell her because this is the will of Allah. You know, so you're protesting against Allah.
1: I had a woman in England who got born again. She'd been Muslim and she gave me her book. She wrote a book about it. And when she got converted, she tried to hide it, but they caught her reading the Bible. And they actually locked her in a room and tried to kill her, starve her to death, went in and beat her. And anyway, it was miraculous how she escaped. But they just treat you like you aren't even a person.
2: Don't go too far. Go to to, uh, Michigan, Dearborn, Michigan. In Dearborn, Michigan, you see the streets are filled with men. You don't see women. Women are locked in their home. When the husband goes to, to work, many of these women are locked in their house. So they will not go and speak to anybody, a man or a Christian or whatever. So this way, everything is, you know, he is in control of her until he comes home and he unlocks the house. This is happening in our nation. That's demonic. Let's go to Chin.
1: We still have some uh, lines open 719 619 2341. If you want to talk to us, you got to call pretty quickly here. But let's go to Chin. In Louisiana, you're on with Samal and with Andrew.
3: Um, good afternoon, Andrew and Samal. Good afternoon. So could you use uh, Romans thirteen four to answer Christians who are leery about, you know, who want to turn the other cheek? Could you tell them that under the rule of law, if you do something that's evil and that's against the law, the law prescribes that there is a punishment for that? And
1: Romans, the Romans Romans 13:4 says for he is the minute talking about the people that are in authority over you are the ministers of God to thee for good for, but if thou do that which is evil be not afraid for he beareth not the sword in vain for he is a minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil So is that all of your question Jim?
3: Yeah, could that also extend to the law itself, not just those that are upholding the law? So, I mean, not just the ministers, but the law itself. So if the law says that you should not murder.
1: Absolutely, I believe that that applies. Like some people, I've actually heard them say that we shouldn't even have the Ten Commandments because we as Christians aren't under the law. Well, I agree, I'm not under the law. Christ redeemed me from the law, and I praise God that I'm not under the curse and I'm not under the law. But does that mean that we do away with the 10 commandments? No, because not everybody is born again. (laughs) Not everybody is set free in Christ. And for those who don't have God in their heart that are restraining them, we need laws and we need to enforce our laws like these border laws and quit letting people come through our southern border and stuff. If we just enforce the laws that were on the book, that would solve the problem. And so we need laws. And people who say, well, we just need to love people and show them things. We do need to love people and tell them that God will forgive you and extend mercy to them. But you need to tell people that if you murder somebody, then your life is going to be taken. If you go steal, then you are going to have consequences to this. And for those that don't have God within them restraining them, we need to have an outside restraint. Matter of fact, the very people who founded this nation, I think it was John uh, Adams, the the second president of the United States, he said that if you have moral restraint on yourself, then you don't need a lot of outward restraint. But if you don't have morality that will restrain you yourself, then you have to pile all of these laws on to restrain people from the
2: outside. What I love about our Constitution is birth out of the Ten Commandments. Absolutely. You know, thou shalt not murder is you know, innocent people. But uh, if somebody murder uh, I, you know, I feel like you don't let them get out of jail. You have no. to deal with them. In Saudi Arabia, they take their head off you know, in a Muslim world, you know, and so uh, what happened, what we're doing today, you know, like with letting people on the street after they have stole or killed or did drugs or did something, it's wrong.
1: They're letting people out of jail with virtually no bail and they're just turning them out and there are story after story after story of these people going out and raping and murder, things that wouldn't have happened if they would have been retained in jail. And you can go to all of our liberal cities, all of the blue cities that have decreased the police, that have decreased the punishment on crime. And without exception, the crime rate is going through the roof That's right. and bad things are happening. The look, places that are enforcing the law have
2: less lawlessness. Look at Denver. Absolutely. It's going off the roof. Yep. You know, look at Colorado Springs. It's anywhere. It's decreasing yep. because God, people over there, mm-hmm. uh, just it's where the light is. If people would pay
1: attention to that, I don't understand how you can vote for these liberal policies that the proof of it, it, it fails every single time. Yes. It doesn't work. And yet, you know, people are leaving. Uh, California, I saw the statistic, I may get it wrong, but it was th- over 300,000, 330,000 people last, last year left California because of the way the taxes have gone through the roof, the, the uh, lawlessness, and just on and on it goes. And yet, many of them are bringing their liberal policies to these other places,
2: and they're voting the same way for the liberals that cause the problems that they're fleeing. I met a guy, his name is John at Costco, and he had a funny accent, so I said, Wow, your accent is worse than mine. Where are you from? He said, Chicago. And I said, well, God bless you. You're forgiven. And uh, (laughs) I said, what brought you here? He said, well, with all the things that's happening in Chicago, he said, we're God-believing people. And we believe in American, you know, Constitution, everything. He said, we had to do the moral thing to move out of there. We moved 71 of our immediate family, you know, all of us. We moved them out of chicago because we don't want to live under that umbrella god is doing this throughout the world yeah. judgment will come to the world and we are seeing crises happening all over from floods from destructive winds from tsunamis from earthquakes from uh, volcano erupting it's according to the word of god the time of the lord is nigh heed the word of god and come home and i'll tell you what Eternity is in our hand. It's choice.
1: And so Chen, to get back to your question, you know, if somebody was to come against me and want my $20 out of my pocket, the way I look at it is that if I just give them this and please leave me alone, take this and leave, I'm a part of the problem. I would fight a person to the death over my 20 bucks. If they want my watch, they're gonna have to fight me for it. And I'd tell them I was taught how to kill a person with my bare hands when I was in the army. I may not do it, and if there's three of you, you may ultimately win, but which one of you wants to die in the process? That's the way I would do it. But if they come against me for the gospel and criticize me and say bad things to me, you know what? I'll sit there and turn the other cheek and I'll let them criticize me and say things. And if they were going to persecute me to the point of you either renounce the Lord or I'll kill you, I'd let them kill me. But But see it. If it's a spiritual thing, I'll stand and fight for that. But if it's something in the flesh, if it's these people that are coming into my house to steal, if it's people
2: that are robbing and stuff, man, I believe you ought to use the law. It's the good cause. Isn't that a good cause? You know, David said it you know, when he stood before Goliath. He said, isn't that a good cause? Amen. To take this uncircumcised yeah. dude they take him out and 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 he went after him Uh there is, uh, there is a righteous you know righteousness that comes out of our hearts sometimes it's the fire of the living God and that empowers us to make the difference
1: all right this will have to be the last call let's go to Hannah you uh, it says that you're a Caris grad man i thank you so much for being a part of Keris but you're from California and you're on with Kamal and Andrew.
3: Hi Andrew hi Kamal how are you guys?
1: Very well, thank you.
3: Yeah, I just want to ask a question. Uh, there is drug smuggling and gun smuggling going on. Uh, people are making money out of it. Just like that, there is human trafficking uh, but for I mean, women and children happening, and and you know, are taking advantage of it. Uh, as a Christian, I believe in Psalms ninety-one. How can I? Strongly believe in that power and make it manifest for protection of children and women across the world. Because when Jesus prayed for healing, he healed all. Like uh, there was like every time he healed, everybody got healed. How as a Christian, I can pray for protection Uh, according to Psalms 91, or like a lot of...
1: Hannah, we're running out of time here, so let me real quickly answer this, that I believe there's an old saying that I heard about, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. (laughs) The way I would look for protection is I would claim protection, I would speak, I would rebuke the devil, I would loose my angels, but at the same time, I've got a number of weapons. And if somebody came against me and if they were on my turf and if my life, my wife's life was threatened, I would use the physical things that I have. I would fight them personally and I would... It's not one or the other. You do both. You do what you can do. Hezekiah is an example in the Bible that he built these engines and God gave him witty inventions and he did all of these things to protect Jerusalem. But at the same time, he put his trust in God and God is the one that gave him supernatural peace and protected him. Amen. We're just about out of time. You got something to say in 13 seconds?
2: If you want to reach the Muslims, get this book teach your church, your family, and your missionaries, uh, you can find it at com.
1: Yeah, so we've got that on the screen, com. Thank you, Kamal, for being with us. You're a blessing, brother.
2: Thank you for allowing me to be here. You are a blessing to all of us. Thank
1: you all for joining us. And remember that we will do this every weekday from 3.30 till 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, and we encourage you to join us. God bless you. See you next time.